Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast, bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome, Ram fans, episode 64 of Rams Up. The Rams, of course, preparing for that week 17 game at Baltimore. We're going to start off with some additional notes from the Viking game. We're also going to touch on some other worthwhile NFL news. And we're going to try to capture this playoff situation as best we can without horribly confusing everybody. We also have a preview of the Ram-Raven game, of course, followed by our Rams Up Straight Up game picks, and we have a new sports pet peeve for you at the end here. Haven't done that in a while. Update on injuries. Ernest Jones has a high ankle sprain. Will hopefully be back for the playoffs. Kind of the same deal with Daryl Henderson. I suspect he will miss the first playoff game for sure. He's out three to five weeks, they're saying. Brian Allen appears to be okay. And with Henderson out, maybe we'll see Cam Akers this week. I'm kind of hoping not. I mean, I want to get a win here in Baltimore, but hopefully the Rams aren't rushing this. Maybe get Jake Funk some carries instead. 
hey, maybe we get a two-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter and we let Cam get a couple of carries. Other injury news of note, Jimmy G has a thumb issue. Not sure if he's going to be able to play. Lamar Jackson returns to practice on Wednesday. It's looking like he will be good to go against the Rams, although I suspect he will not be 100%. Kind of lost in the news this week. McVay improves to 45-0 when leading at the half. Forgot to touch on that. And sad to say, John Madden passes away at 85 years old. Who didn't love John Madden? A 759 winning percentage, second all-time. He was the youngest coach in the league when hired. Really made his mark again as an announcer, and then followed up with his namesake Madden video game, which is so popular. Sad to hear that news. Sports Illustrated named Tom Brady the Sportsman of the Year. Now, my definition of sportsman, Tom Brady is not winning that award. When you see him talking garbage to other teams' sidelines, not shaking hands at the end of games, and throwing electronics on the sideline as well, I don't know, doesn't meet my definition of Sportsman of the Year. Maybe they're just talking about a guy that deserves recognition for his accomplishments. Hey, if that's the deal, Tom Brady's your guy. But is he a guy that exhibits the characteristics that we typically associate with sportsmanship? I say no. Got some pro football focus grades from that Viking game. Aaron Donald, 89.4. Alaric Jackson graded out really well, 81.3. You know, we're going to get into free agency one of these episodes and how it's going to impact the Rams roster. Joseph Noteboom is a free agent at the end of this year. Andrew Whitworth might retire. Is Alaric Jackson possibly the guy? Rob Havenstein graded out at 80.6, Cooper Cup 79.7. David Edwards, a career high grade in pass protection, 90.1. And Trevin Howard, 80.7 in coverage. And that's worth noting because I think Howard may be better than Ernest Jones in coverage. Playing the Ravens with a tight end that they like to target, Mark Andrews, maybe it's a happy accident that Howard will be out there. And Brandon Powell won Special Teams Player of the Week, largely based on that punt return for a touchdown that was so critical to the Rams' win. Snap counts from that Viking game. Brian Allen was out there for 18 snaps, Alaric Jackson for 52, Odell Beckham Jr. getting more and more snaps. He was out there for 91% of them. And Van Jefferson, 96%. On the defensive side, our four starters in the secondary did not miss a snap. Aaron Donald missed two snaps. And Von Miller only missed seven snaps. Troy Reader was out there a lot, 54 snaps. But keep in mind, Ernest Jones left after 11 snaps. And Bobby Brown out there for a single snap. Hey, got to thinking, if Cup breaks this record for receptions and yardage, the Rams will own the following offensive records. Most receptions in a season, Cup. Most receiving yardage in a season, Cup. Most receiving yardage in a game, Flipper Anderson. Most rushing yards in a season, Eric Dickerson. And most passing yards in a game, Norm Van Brocklin. So he needs 17 catches and 230 yards over these last two games to catch Michael Thomas and Calvin Johnson, respectively. Now, what I'm going to try to do here is capture the playoff situation. And fortunately, there's a really good website that 
does most of the heavy lifting for me. My special assistant and a listener sent this link to me, playoffstatus.com. And according to this site, the Rams have a 24% chance of getting the number two seed. They would need some help for that to happen. They have a 25% chance of getting the number three, as well as the number four, or the number five seed. That remaining 1% is sprinkled among some other possibilities. Won't even get into that. As far as opponents, there's a 31% chance they play the Cardinals, and that would most likely be a home game. There is a 21% chance they play the 49ers. That game would be played at SoFi. And let me throw in here, I don't really think there's much of an advantage playing at SoFi, other than that weather will not be a factor. Who knows, could be raining in Santa Clara that time of the year. There is a 17% chance they play the Cowboys. That game would be in Dallas. And there is a 12% chance they play the Eagles and a 12% chance they play the Saints. Both of those games will be at SoFi. And there's a minute chance they host the Vikings, the Washington football team, or the Falcons. So what I'd like to do is present three scenarios that I think are the most likely and what it would mean for that first round of the playoffs for the Rams. So let's look at three scenarios that I think are all fairly likely, at least somewhat realistic. Scenario one, the Cowboys beat the Cardinals and Eagles. The Rams beat the Ravens but lose to the Niners. Don't hate me on that, but hey, we know how tough these division games are. Meanwhile, the Eagles beat the Washington football team. The Niners beat the Texans. Cardinals beat the Seahawks. And the Bucks and Saints went out. You're probably wondering why I'm including the Saints. Well, while the Vikings and Falcons are both 7-8, and eight, as are the Saints, the Vikings have a game at Green Bay, the Falcons have a game at Buffalo, but the Saints actually have a good chance of winning out here. They got the Panthers and then at the Falcons. So if this scenario comes to pass, it means that Dallas will have secured the number two seed in Tampa Bay, the three seed, the Rams, the fourth seed. Arizona seems to be locked in on the five seed unless the Rams really slip up. And in this scenario, the Niners are the sixth seed with their 10 and seven record. And the Eagles are the seven seed with a nine and eight record having beat the Saints. Saints would be out. And in this scenario, round one would be the Eagles at the Cowboys, the Niners at the Bucks, and the Cardinals at the Rams. I kind of like that scenario. I think the Rams could very well come out of this with a round two home game. Scenario number two is a little bit more complicated. We're going to keep everything the same except the Rams win both of their games. That would propel the Rams to the number three seed, Cowboys two, Rams three, Bucks four. Arizona, there they are again at the five seed. San Francisco, Philadelphia, and the Saints all come in with nine and eight records, three-way tiebreaker. I'll read this tiebreaker procedure for you from the NFL site. First, you look and see if any teams are from the same division. They are not. Then you look for a head-to-head sweep. There is not. Has one team lost to both teams? No, they have not. So we go to conference record. Worth noting, this is different than how they settle divisional championships where 
records against common opponents comes before conference record. We're going to look and see if one of these teams swept the other two. And all we have is the Niners beating the Eagles and the Eagles beating the Saints. So we throw that out and move on to conference record. And the 49ers are out with their 6-6 six and six conference record. The other two are 7-5. and five. And then we have to settle it between the Saints and the Eagles. Go back to that head-to-head and the Eagles beat the Saints. So the Eagles are the 6th seed and the Saints are the 7th seed. How would that round one look? Saints at Cowboys, Cardinals at Bucks, and Eagles at Rams. And I don't have a problem with that one either. Eagles kind of scare me a little bit, but a home game against Philadelphia, I'll take that. Scenario number three, the Rams sweep the Ravens and the Niners, but the Cowboys lose to the Eagles. This is a scenario where the Rams would end up with the number two seed behind Green Bay, the Bucks would move up to three, Dallas would slip to four, and there's Arizona again as the number five seed. In this scenario, the Eagles would improve to 10-7 and seven and would win the sixth seed outright, putting the 49ers and the Saints in a tie for that seventh seed. And once again, Saints went out on conference record. These two teams did not play each other. How would that round one look? Saints at Rams, I like that. Eagles at Bucks, Cardinals at Cowboys. So a little disclaimer here, I might be getting something wrong. Probably am. Wouldn't be the first time. We'll be back in a second with our Raven Ram preview. Football fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a no-brainer offer for you. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win a 100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's preview this week's 17 game. The Los Angeles Rams travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. This game was originally scheduled for 1.25 p.m. local time, L.A. time. It has been moved to 10 o'clock, and it actually makes sense. I understand why they would do this. The Cowboys and the Cardinals play in the afternoon, and they want this L.A. crowd to be able to watch that game as well. A lot of people upset making the Rams play an early game on the East Coast. And it does kind of suck, but, you know, the Rams have done pretty well in these situations. I'm not too concerned about it. History between these two teams, and I'm just going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Their history in Baltimore, not the prior history in Cleveland. The Ravens lead this series 5-2. to two. The Ravens have won the last four. Any games worth mentioning? Well, I got two for you a good memory, and a bad memory. 
Kurt Warner's first career start came in week one, 1999, against the Ravens. That was a 27-10 Ram win. Warner threw for 284 yards and three TDs. Touchdown passes to Roland Williams, Isaac Bruce, and Torrey Holt, the rookie. Bad memories. How about that 2019 game? Rams were trying to make a playoff push and just got destroyed by the Ravens, 45-6. Baltimore rushed for 285 yards in that game. That was a horrible spectacle. Lamar Jackson threw for five TDs, and that was in prime time Monday night. Current odds, Rams favored by three and a half. Weather cloudy and in the 50s with a chance of rain. So what about these Ravens? They are 8-7. and seven. They're coached by John Harbaugh. Interesting guy. He got in Zach Taylor's face last week, the coach of the Bengals, because Joe Burrow was throwing the ball downfield late in the game. This is the same John Harbaugh who, I believe it was last year, had his team running when they should have been in victory formation because they wanted to extend some rushing record the team had. I forget what it was. And the same... John Harbaugh, who had RG3 throwing deep against the Rams in that 45-6 win we talked about late in the game. RG3's chucking it downfield. So Harbaugh, funny guy. Last year, the Ravens were in the playoffs. They lost to Buffalo in the divisional round. Just last week, like I said, got hammered by the Bengals 41-21. Draft picks of note this year, Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver, He has 37 catches, 435 yards, and one TD this year. And edge rusher Odaf Owe, who has five sacks. Key players, well, the quarterback Lamar Jackson. Not sure if he's going to play, though. Could be Tyler Huntley, who is out with COVID. Jackson nursing a sore ankle. He's missed the last two games with that ankle injury. He returned to practice Wednesday, although... Saw some video of that practice, and he did not look like his normal self. A noticeable limp. Normally, we'd be talking about defending a very mobile quarterback. That would be the case if Tyler Huntley plays in Jackson's place, but if Jackson plays, not sure what we're going to get. Tight end Mark Andrews is a favorite target of theirs. They have a great guard in Kevin Zeitler, and one of the best kickers in the history of the game, Justin Tucker. Their defense is led by Calias Campbell and Patrick Queen, the linebacker. This team has been ravaged by injuries, so you have to give them credit for getting to 8-7. and seven. J.K. Dobbins, a running back, is out. Our old friend Marcus Peters, also out. Tackle Ronnie Stanley, defensive end Derek Wolf, and Jimmy Smith, the cornerback. I think he's going to be back, though. He was out with COVID last week. So how did they get to 8-7? and seven? Well, they were at 8-3 and three and cruising along, and then they lost four straight to the Steelers, Browns, Packers, and Bengals. So they get the Rams this week, and they close out their season with the Steelers. Statistically, they're a middle-of-the-pack passing team, scored 24 points per game, given up almost exactly the same. They're the number five rushing team in the league, averaging 138 yards per game, and that's largely due to the fact that their quarterbacks run like heck. Defense, their pass defense is horrible. Their top two quarterbacks have been out most of the year. 
giving up 280 yards per game. They have 32 sacks, which is 19th in the league. Ram connections, well, they have Sammy Watkins on board, Marcus Peters, who is out, and Blake Countess is on their practice squad. Remember him? He was a safety with the Rams a few years back. Hard-hitting guy. I really liked him. Fearsome four keys to the game. Well, fearsome key number one, Rams just got to attack this pass defense. Light it up. Put points on the board. Yeah, sure, run the ball a little bit, especially if it's raining, but don't be shy, and I don't think McVay will. Get the ball downfield to your pass catchers. Put the ball in the end zone. Here's some key number two. If it's Jackson or Huntley playing quarterback, the Rams just have to have a disciplined pass rush. And the Rams are pretty good at this, dealing with guys like Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. Well, the old Russell Wilson. Disciplined pass rush. It's not about the sacks. It's about making sure he doesn't escape. Let your secondary do their work. No 30, 40-yard runs by these quarterbacks. For some key number three, hey, when you travel to the East Coast for a 10 o'clock game, just avoid a slow start. Don't find yourself down early. Get points on the board first. Some early three and outs for the defense. Just don't find yourself down 10 nothing early. Although, as bad as this pass defense is, don't panic if you're down 10 nothing. Take it in stride. Stick to your game plan. But it would be ideal to avoid the slow start altogether. For some key number four, especially after last week, losing the turnover battle 3-1, to one, we can't do that again against these Ravens. Let's be even or on the plus side when it comes to turnovers. That's an obvious goal for every game, but we're a better team than these Ravens. We can beat them a lot of ways, but let's not turn over the ball two or three times and let them steal a win. My prediction, Rams 34, Ravens 17. I think the Rams are going to light them up in the passing game, and the Rams have the speed on defense to put the clamps on whatever quarterback they have. Secondary is playing great. Ravens are going to have trouble moving the ball consistently. Rams 34, Ravens 17. Time for our Rams Up Straight Up Game Picks, but first, our updated power rankings. I feel like things are starting to settle. We're really starting to get a gauge on who the top teams are. This week, I'm going to give you my Elite 8 plus 2. No playing around with teams outside looking in. These are the 10 teams that deserve mentioning our Elite 8 plus 2. So here we go. Number one, the Green Bay Packers continue to hold on to that spot. Deservedly so. I don't think I'm going to get much pushback on that one. And number two, the Kansas City Chiefs played a very clean game without two of their stars. Number three, I have our Los Angeles Rams. Their effort in Minnesota was not perfect, but they overcame a lot of adversity, beat a tough team on the road. Number four, the Buffalo Bills. Another team like the Chiefs that there are moments when they look like they were fading and now they're coming back. 
Bills first place in the AFC East again, and my number four team. Number five, the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not sure how much weight we should put on that dismantling of the Washington football team, but defense has been excellent for many weeks, and the offense was pretty impressive against Washington. Scary team if they put it all together. Number six, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've had an easy schedule, and it isn't tough these last two weeks either, but they're missing some guys, and I think that may come back and bite them. I don't think they stack up well against the teams I have above them at this point. Number seven, a team that we've seen coming on for several weeks now, and they are here, the Indianapolis Colts. Just a very well-balanced, solid football team. And number eight, slipping a little bit, the New England Patriots. I'm not totally sold on them, but hey, they've earned it. And my plus two, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Arizona Cardinals. With the Bengals, the arrows pointing up. With Arizona, arrows pointing down. With the Bengals, Joe Burrow tearing through that Raven defense. And the Cardinals, if they're healthy come playoff time, we may see that Cardinal team that we saw earlier in the year when they went 7-0 and out of the gate. But right now, I don't see it. Number 10 until they get some guys back. Namely, DeAndre Hopkins. My game picks last week, I did pretty well, 12-4. and Pete Prisco and Mike Florio both went 11-5, and so I was one better than them. But Lorenzo, man, he keeps widening the gap. 15 correct picks and only one wrong. And I've told you from the start, Lorenzo is really good at this. Last week, he was the only one among us who picked the Dolphins to beat the Saints. And he was the only one among us to pick the Bears to beat the Seahawks. So give him credit for that. But as it stands now, Lorenzo has an eight-win lead over Mike and me. And Mike and I are two ahead of Pete Prisco. So what about this week? Our straight-up game picks for Week 17. Jags at Patriots. Kind of obvious, right? Go with the Patriots there. Giants at Bears. Giants have a multitude of issues. Is their coach and GM on the way out? Someone wrote that they should trade for Jimmy G. I don't know if that's a good long-term move. I'm going with the Bears in this one. Raiders at Colts. Important game for both teams. Obviously, Colts are the better team. Raiders could pull this off in Indianapolis, but I'm going to go with the Colts. Chiefs at Bengals. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm taking the Bengals. They're playing really good football. This will be a fun game. guess I'm going to have to tape it and watch it later. Dolphins at Titans. Man, the Dolphins are on quite the roll. I think they get their first loss in like two months, though. I'll take the Titans. Panthers at Saints. Saints bounce back and get a win here. Bucks at Jets. Uh, Buccaneers take care of that one pretty easily. Falcons at Bills. I will take the Bills. They have a lot more to play for, and they are the better team. Cardinals at Cowboys. Man, bad time for the Cardinals to be shorthanded. Missing their best player, DeAndre Hopkins. Cowboys are cruising. I'll take the Cowboys. Eagles at the Washington football team. 
I will take the Eagles, another team that's another team that's hitting stride when it counts. Broncos at Chargers. I will take the Chargers. And I pretty much a must-win game for them, I would think. This week, must-win games for a lot of teams, actually. That term is so overused, but this week, it applies. Texans at 49ers. 49ers take care of business, although the Texans will give them some trouble. Who's playing quarterback for the 49ers? I don't know. Texans could pull off an upset if Trey Lance has to play and proves that he's not quite ready, but I'll stick with the 49ers. Rams beat the Ravens in Baltimore. The Seahawks beat the Lions at home. The Packers take care of the Vikings. And the Browns over the Steelers. That's a tough one, too. Kind of a coin toss game in my mind. I'll take the Browns. That's my Rams up straight up game picks for week 17. At this point, I have no chance of catching Lorenzo. Want to finish ahead of Mike and keep Pete in last place. got another pet peeve for you this week. It's been a little while since we've done this. And also a follow-up on, I believe it was my most recent pet peeve, the case of the University of Pittsburgh quarterback doing the fake slide and then jumping up and running for a score. And I had argued, hey, this should be an unsportsmanlike penalty. Well, the NCAA sort of listened. They actually changed the rule that if you do that, the ball is down at that spot where you did the fake slide. I don't think that's enough. I think it should be a penalty because now there's really no reason for quarterbacks not to at least try it. Maybe the refs won't call it down, so why not try it? The way to prevent quarterbacks from even trying it is to tack on a 10-yard penalty from that spot. So onward to my pet peeve. This is more of a rant than a pet peeve but it's bothered me for some time. I've been hearing it for a couple months now. It comes from that idea that the Rams are all in this season, and that's followed by the comment that for the Rams, it's boom or bust. And it just annoys the heck out of me because let's look at that term boom or bust. It's usually used in the context of economics. The economy is either going to boom or bust, bear market, bull market, that type of thing. In the context of football, and as it applies to the Rams, it is clearly being used to suggest that the Rams better win the Super Bowl this year, or it's going to go real dark for them. And my problem with that is, I see absolutely no connection with how the Rams do in the pursuit of the Super Bowl this season, and how following seasons might play out. If you think the Rams going all-in in 2021 is going to result in a bust in the following seasons. I just don't see the relationship. There's no relationship. What you might be saying, if you really believe that, is boom, then bust. And I'd also take issue with the fact that the Rams have to win the Super Bowl. Anything less than the Super Bowl is a failure. There are so many variables that contribute to a team's Super Bowl win. The only somewhat reasonable argument someone could make regarding this Rams boomer bust theory is the number of draft picks they've given up. But 
we've talked about this before, and I'll talk about it again. Ram fans know how many draft picks the Rams actually have next year, how many draft picks they will actually have next year with all the comp picks they're getting. Ram fans also know how well the Rams draft in the third, fourth, and fifth, and even sixth rounds. Hey, last year, we did pretty well in the seventh round. So people that have this line of thought, I get it, but they're misinformed. And the fact that if the Rams come up short this year, that's going to result in a bust following that? I don't get it. No relationship. If the Rams do not win the Super Bowl this year, they're going to come back next year with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, Ben Skaronic, a couple of offensive rookies that haven't been able to contribute this year, Rob Havenstein, David Edwards, Tyler Higby, on the defensive side, Aaron Donald, Greg Gaines, Leonard Floyd, Ernest Jones, Jalen Ramsey, Jordan Fuller, Taylor Rapp. I'm leaving out all the guys that are free agents. If Whitworth retires, they'll have $21 million spending money, is my calculation. And you're telling me that this team is screwed because the Rams went all in, whatever that means, this season. Makes no sense. And to add on to this thought, I'm going to go out on a pretty sturdy limb here and say, you know what? The Rams are in pretty good shape in the NFC West. The Seattle Seahawks are in disarray. They may even be in what you'd call rebuilding mode next year. And the Arizona Cardinals, people say the Rams went all in? What do you call adding A.J. Green and J.J. Watt? What's that referred to as? Is that going all in as well? Two aging veterans. What's the future of this Cardinal team? Kyler Murray, exciting quarterback. Christian Kirk, James Conner, Chandler Jones. They traded a player in a draft pick for Zach Ertz, who's on the last year of his contract. Yeah, there's some good players there, but I'll take our roster any day of the week. I think San Francisco will continue to be the team to deal with, but don't like their quarterback situation. Roster up and down is pretty solid, but I guess what I'm saying is the Rams are going to be in bust mode next year with their roster, the guys they have coming back with Seattle in this division and Arizona as well. I think the Rams will be the favorite next year, regardless of what happens this year. And my follow-on to that is I am so thankful that my team is all in every year. That's all I'm going to say about that. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And please don't forget, subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And don't forget, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama. <laughs>